Hello, my lovely listeners. I'm Dr. Mary Barson. And I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. Welcome to this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. Good morning, lovely listeners. Dr. Lucy here, and I have with me our good friend, my beautiful friend, Dr. Mary. Welcome, Mary. How are you today? I am very well, Dr. Lucy. I am, as always, super excited about today's podcast topic. I know. It's one of our favourites. We talk a lot about it, and largely because we see it as an issue that distresses a lot of people. It is our favourite topic emotional eating. It is completely and entirely possible to overcome emotional eating. And yet it does represent, I reckon, one of the biggest challenges to people reclaiming their health and getting back in charge of their health and being able to live their best life is being able to take back control and not rely on emotional eating as a tool to deal with our emotions. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? Because we talk a lot about, and people also will um, substitute emotional eating for comfort eating. So it is a tool that we use to soothe and self-soothe. But I thought we might talk today about like what emotions actually are. What's the purpose of emotions? Why do we have them? And, you know, I think... One of my one of my things I've been really conscious of recently is this idea that we just want to be happy. And happy is actually just an emotion. And if we are striving for happiness, it's actually probably not that attainable. So let's talk about emotions and, and what's their point. Emotions are a completely natural and normal part of the human experience. And Very broadly, we can categorise our emotions into the following sort of umbrella terms. There's anger and sadness. There's fear and stress. There's guilt and shame and sort of disgust goes in there as well, as well as lust, joy and surprise. They are sort of the umbrella terms for most of our emotions. I reckon that when we're talking about emotional eating and comfort eating, that the biggest emotions that we are dealing with are anger, sadness, stress, and I reckon and guilt would fall into there as well. The thing is with anger, sadness, stress, fear, guilt, is that they're perfectly normal. They are an extremely normal part of being human. They can be unpleasant, absolutely, but they're normal. I find it extremely helpful and useful to think about health and being human through what I like to call an evolutionary perspective because we evolved, we evolved as wild animals in the plains of Africa and so much of our modern disease, our modern sort of chronic diseases is because our modern society is really out of step with our genetics, like how we you know, what we evolved to eat, um, how we evolved to live is out of step with modern society. And that is at the root, I reckon, of lots and lots of our problems. But just to kind of understand why we feel these emotions, I reckon is helpful. And I'm going to go through it now a little bit because we can actually 
totally accept our emotions as normal. And we can even be grateful to our emotions if we understand that they are there just to try and keep us safe. You know, from an evolutionary point of view, we felt anger, for example. We feel anger as an emotion in response to some kind of injustice. You know, we get angry when we feel that we have been wronged or somebody close to us has been wronged or something is wrong with the world. So anger is like an alarm system. All our emotions are like an alarm system. The anger is the herald of injustice. And from an evolutionary point of view, we would have felt anger so that we would have felt motivated to do something about the injustice, to do something about whatever it was that wasn't fair to help improve our survival and the survival of our tribe. Anger has a role, the herald of injustice. And same with sadness. Sadness is also an alarm system that to do with loss. We feel sad when we have lost something or we've perceived that we've lost something and it could be a person a place you know a a sense of connection status all of these things we can lose and we feel sadness when we lose something that was important to our survival so it's an alarm system to make us sort of feel motivated to get it back so sadness has a role and stress fear absolutely has a role that when we were under threat any kind of a threat to our health to our tribe to ourselves we felt fear to try and navigate that situation so we would be motivated to get out of the way of the grizzly bear that was trying to eat us for example so they kind of all have a role and guilt too has an evolutionary role there's we needed to live in a society we need to be very cohesive with our tribe and we would feel guilt or shame when we did something that would potentially cause us to disrupt the whole social makeup of our tribe so they all have a role to play they're all like an alarm system telling us that there's something that we need to correct in our lives that's what emotions are that's what emotions are for and Every single one of these emotions causes physical changes in our body, in our physiology. Emotions change like our physiology. Emotions are physiology. They're not like some separate thing that happens in a bubble, a thought bubble outside of your head. Emotions are something that happen within your body and they happen for a reason. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I think that... I mean, we divide emotions sort of into negative and positive emotions. I think most people are are pretty happy to feel happy. And, you know, most people like to feel joy and most people don't like to feel sadness or anger or discomfort of any sort. So we try and fix it as soon as we can because it feels uncomfortable and unpleasant. And I think that's probably where we come into looking at, at tools to do that. Yes. And the important thing to remember is that emotions don't last. These physiological states, when we feel happiness, we don't kind of expect that we're going to feel happy forever. And when we feel excited about something, we don't expect that we're going to be excited forever. But for some reason, when we feel anger or when we feel sadness, we can feel like we're always going to feel this way. Or even if you do expect to feel happy forever, 
you don't. Yeah, that's like right. it comes and goes <laughs> like the wind. You go, oh, and that's also normal. You know, the expectation of that this will last forever is just an untrue expectation. It will come and go. It won't be gone forever, but it won't be there forever either. Mm. So coming back to dealing with unpleasant emotions, why is it, Lucy, do you think that we are drawn to food to soothe unpleasant emotions? Well, I think the first thing is that it works in that short moment when we eat something, and again, you will notice that the things that we go for are not pieces of broccoli and boiled eggs. They are usually processed either sugar or savoury carb food products. And, you know, some people will refer to these as treats because they do actually work in that moment. And we'll eat the chocolate and feel better, or we'll eat the ice cream and we'll feel better in that moment. And, you know, we are always talking about it. Food companies know this. So they manufacture products to basically help in the moment and they market them to us, you know, beyond belief, to us from even in childhood. You know, it's very, very prevalent predatory marketing. So I think that's the first thing, except, of course, it doesn't, it's not a permanent solution, doesn't do anything actually for the emotion. It just numbs it in that moment. And it doesn't allow us to process it. It doesn't allow it to just naturally go away. It just shoves it down. And, you know, for people that have that do emotional eating, it, it often feels like that, that you are just shoving the food in. And so I, I love that sort of visualization that you are, you're stuffing the food in to stuff the emotion down. Mm. So, Mary, if we accept that emotional eating is a tool that we use to self-soothe and to basically numb or mitigate negative emotions, what are some other sort of tactics that you can think of that will help us navigate this path? A really, really great place to start is that understanding of our emotions, to understand that they are just normal that it is normal to feel a bit crappy from time to time, to have sadness, to have anger, to have guilt, to feel moments of disgust, to feel afraid and to have stress. These are all normal. And to really, really understand that our emotions are like this alarm system in our brain and our brain is a beautiful thing. Our human brain is an incredibly ornate, beautiful complex miracle of nature that allows us to feel these emotions and we feel them in our body and it's just normal. So that is the first part. And you can even be grateful, be grateful to your brain and to your negative emotions because all they are trying to do is to keep you safe. That's what negative emotions are all about. So understanding that they're normal is, I reckon, a really, really important part. And then being able to accept negative emotions, understanding that they don't last and that they're normal and that you can accept them. And this is something you talk about a lot, Lucy. You talk about training for discomfort. Yes, because our society no longer wants to feel uncomfortable. 
ever to the point where, you know, we now have heated seat warmers, heated steering wheel holders. We don't like discomfort. And so when it comes our way, which it it will, of course it will, because it's normal. When it comes our way, we don't know what to do with it. So now I have this little phrase in my head, whenever I'm uncomfortable, and it can be physical discomfort, you know, I might be sitting on a seat that's too hard, or it can be emotional discomfort, you know, I might be cross about something. In my head, I now say, I am training for discomfort. I'm training. And like anything, the more we train, the better we get at dealing with it, the better we get at sitting in that uncomfortable space, because like positive emotions, they will go. They will go unless we suppress them and shovel them down. Then they never go. They're just down below the surface like a beach ball being held under the water to ping up at any time, to be triggered at any time. We have really very little capability then to regulate them when they're just shoveled below the surface. And when you're in that state, when you feel flooded with the negative emotion and really tempted to eat the biscuits or the ice cream or the Doritos to shove it down, there are a few little tips that you can use right then in that moment to help make a bit of space in your brain to remember and recognize that you can deal with the negative emotion. And a really good one is to bring in the higher order level of your brain, you know, the the big juicy prefrontal cortex we've got at the top of our brain. You can actually tell yourself logically that you are safe. Even if you're feeling really, really awful, you can anchor yourself to the present moment and tell yourself that you are, are safe. And a great way to do that is two ways, is to use your conscious brain and to say, I am safe. And to combine that with some deep breathing, which allows your your unconscious brain, your amygdala and the, the deeper levels of your brain to relax. And Lucy, why is deep breathing so useful? So we talk a lot about the idea that when we're stressed, fearful, frightened, it's our sympathetic nervous system, which is the fright and flight, as people know it by. And it has physiological changes that occur in our body. It causes our heart to race. It causes our butterflies in our tummy. It causes even really things like our platelets to become a bit sticky. It causes our blood glucose to rise a little bit. These are all things that we have no control over. You can't consciously tell your platelets to be less sticky. But the other thing that it does is it will change our breathing so that you know, people who are anxious or worried will breathe a little more rapidly, but we can override that. We can actively and easily change our breath. And that sends a really, really strong message to our brain that all is well, because it's a two-way street. It's not just brain talks to body, body talks back to brain. And so if body is nice and well, maybe not nice and relaxed, but if body is doing deep breathing, it sends a really big message, all is well, because there is nobody, I don't think, in the history of the universe who stands in front of a grizzly bear and does 
deep breathing. That would be nuts. And if we did that as humans, we would never have survived. So we then, body talks back to brain and brain goes, okay, everything must be all right because she's deep breathing. Wonderful. And it will also then slow down the rest of it. That's right. So when you feel those negative emotions, you can tell yourself that you're safe. You can do some deep breathing. You can accept and understand that negative emotions are normal and you don't have to go to the servo, buy a packet of Tim Tams and eat them all. No, no. And as you know, we are big advocates of self-compassion because there are times where you're not able to regulate because you're learning. Okay, and as we're learning, it's a new skill. We don't always get it right. But the more we practice, the better we become at it. The more times we succeed, the easier it becomes. So lovely listeners, please maximize your wins when you are able to resist the Tim Tams or drive past the servo or put the ice cream back in the freezer. You bang on and on about it because your lovely protective brain will minimize that and maximize all the times you make a mistake. A wonderful way to learn to work with your brain rather than against it. Absolutely. All right, lovelies, that brings us to the end of this episode. We have coming up for you another little topic close to our hearts on emotional eating, a bit more of a dive into the toddler brain. So we will talk to you about that next time. Bye for now. Bye-bye. So, my lovely listeners, that ends this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. And I'm Dr. Mary Barson. We're from Real Life Medicine. To contact us, please visit rlmedicine.com. And until next time, thanks thanks for for listening. listening.